Now broadcasting live on Ustream or direct to your portable device. From Martin Road Studios, BaggedAndBoard.com presents the Bagged and Boardcast. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. Drink my beer, it's good. It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, what? Uh. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is crazy. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 170. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm and you're Paul. Paul. Oh. oh. 170 in and we still gotta mess this up. And we're a little podcast that comes to you weekly in three different ways. First of which being the Week in Geek, where we talk about some of the top geeky happenings over the past week. Then we go into the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out. May 1st. Did I get it in? Yeah, sure. Yay, Gambit. That's enough. Uh, and then we bring you our rotating I'm weekly like, main topic. That in there. <laughs> and uh, this is yeah, our known for getting monthly it in. look back. And this is for April. So we're reading some of the uh, number ones coming out uh, from uh, the books that Chris are following. The ten for ten. Yeah, this is actually an, this is an all crisp uh, month. I threw out some books and they they're like, oh, and Chris is like, no, bites. no, it's all me. Yep, we got the. Uh, what, what books did you recommend? The action comics that started the new. Oh, I thought you were just saying that that's stuff that you bought. I didn't realize that you were submitting that. Oh, uh, it's okay. Hey, that when did that action comics come out? I thought that Andy was Diggle. brand new. No. Yeah, it's a- action comics number nineteen. Huh. It's Andy Deagle. Look for it on a bag and board bite. Okay, yeah, because well, I I look forward to hearing about it because I didn't read it. Uh, but in this podcast, you'll be hearing about uh, Aspen's Ten for Ten for only a dollar. Uh, Journey. A Legend of the Shadow Clan, Poli- and then uh, we got from Boom Studios, Polarity, and then from Marvel Comics, a tie-in to the the uh, the much beloved Age of Ultron series that we're all reading, right? I'm, yeah, I I've, I've read three spinoff books from it. This being one of them, <laughs> uh, the spinoff of Ultron, uh, by Catherine Inman. So um, it's a one shot. Which one felt, shot. It felt like it was left on a cliffhanger, though. So yeah, I, yeah. We'll we'll talk about it when we get in like, there. Oh, I wouldn't mind reading number two. <laughs> and maybe I wouldn't either. But you know what? I wouldn't mind having two of this drink. I just said that as a segue. I haven't had any of it yet. This beer, John. Tell us about this it. This is from uh, Avery Brewing. Uh, this is their Dictator series, and this is the Maharaja. Not the Maharaji? No, it is the Maharaji. It's it's got like a barley wine nose too. What is this? It uh, it's an imperial IPA. Okay. <laughs> it's it's got that kind of like alcoholy. Yeah, it's it's on the stronger side. It's ten point four. It definitely warms you up. Like I yeah. feel it in my cheeks already. This and as is... you can tell on the Facebook photos of me, I get very red in the cheeks. Mind if I look when this I is a, you can definitely tell this is a big boy. Yeah, you can. Um, it's not bad. It's got mm-hmm. that little bit of dry you out in the back of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of malty. I like it. It's, I, I, I don't know if I, I think I'm happy with, it's a, it's a bigger bomber that we split three ways and I'm good with just what I have. Yeah. I really yeah. think if I had any more of this, I'd, I'd be done with it, but we've, we've got like a decent amount each. It's something you sip and savor. Like this isn't yeah. one of those, just, you drink any of beers. This is something you're going to probably nurse for a while. How many more beers do we have for tonight? 
Uh, two more. Two more. Okay, that's not too bad. The thing is, uh, you were talking about drying you out in the back of the mouth. I can actually feel each individual molar right now because of it. It's so it left me so dry. I like like there's no saliva on the back of my teeth anymore. But it, it has that kind of nice honey feeling in the back, like back of your mouth too, though. Like after yeah. you get that dry. Yeah, I get that honey. It's nice. I like it, but I I don't need any more of it than this. Yeah, I wouldn't get it again because. Man, now that I've drinking so many of the IPAs and double IPAs and Imperial IPAs, there's so many on my list right now that I probably buy first. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, this is something it, it was um, recommended from Avery Brewery that you know if you like IPA double IPAs, um, it's something to check out. Where's Avery Brewery? Out of Boulder, Colorado. Yes. Um, so I read it on the side of the bottle before, and <laughs> I was looking at it. Uh, I don't, I don't want to pretend like I knew. We don't get this in this area. We do, we? We do not get this. This is from when I did my uh, beer trip into uh, Michigan that I brought it back. So, one of the guys that I work with, uh, he's from Jacksonville, Florida. I got to see if he can get me that uh, cigar city stuff. cigar. The I want the uh, Jilai. What is it? Yeah, the Jailai, something like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, the Highlai, because it's uh, the Highlai uh, oak aged. Oh, Highlai. So nice. that's what I need to see if he can find a bottle of that and uh, bring it back. He should just bring lots of Cigar City stuff back because it's all supposed to be really pretty good. Yeah, it's all supposed to be pretty good, like the news. Like the news. There is news, and a good piece of news, or it could still be bad depending on how you look at it uh coming out from Michael Bay on the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is that there is indeed ooze involved they are mutants not aliens oh he yay. didn't he didn't say they were aliens before he was misquoted oh he much says. like he was misquoted e- except for the fact that there is video of him saying that they were going to be aliens much like he was and misquoted and he told people to get a life <laughs> he's like yeah, get over it i'm going to do what i want to do but this is probably just there was so much outcry about it that it was just a quick, like, yeah, they're mutants now. Well, the whole thing basically shut down because this mm-hmm. was like almost a year, like almost a year ago that yeah. all this stuff was coming out before. What's crazy is if it's not a big deal that they're aliens, then why bother changing it? Yeah. So, yeah, they're mutants. And did he apologize for Armageddon or did he not apologize for he Armageddon? He did, and then he took it back. <laughs> I don't think he needs to take it back. I, I'm okay with that. Or even apologize for it. I mean, we're getting a movie. It's yeah. a movie. I saw it twice. I hate that Aerosmith song. But speaking of mutants, we found out two more that are going to be in Days of Future Past. Oh, really? Brian Bishop? Singer is just giving it up. Bishop and Warpath. Really? Warpath. Yeah. Warpath. I thought it's played by um, Boo Boo Sinclair or whatever from... Uh... I don't even remember what movie that was from, but it was like, oh, Boo Boo Sinclair's in it. <laughs> Where's it from? It was like that. It was that. It was that. That Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, it was a Hansel and Gretel like knockoff movie. Yeah, that I went insane because that was called Hansel and Gretel because uh, well, <laughs> Eric Roberts was in it, and I'm pretty sure he was, he was drunk. He was in an episode of um, Heroes that I watched the other <laughs> night too. Was he drunk as hell? Probably. How far are you in Heroes right now? Um, I'm still in the first season. Okay, good. For, good. The, for those of you Staying listening, in the first season. And that's the thing for you, uh, you guys listening that are like just watching that now. I originally started watching it when they were airing the episodes on NBC, and I watched the first half of the first season. I really loved it. And then I just couldn't watch it from that point on because I had to work on Monday nights when it was airing. And I was always like, eh, I can just 
watch it later. I'll get it on DVD. And then I never did. And I've had it on my Netflix queue since I got Netflix years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's all that uh, it gets really bad. It's kind of just pushed me off from it. Mm-hmm. But then I was finally just like, I really want to find out what happened. So I got back into it the other day. Well, it's the first season is great because the characters, you know, that you fall, you kind of understand and fall for, you kind of, you know, and they go on their character path. And then all of a sudden in the second season, they decide to switch all the characters' motivations all and, like, most of their powers. And suddenly, like, none of what you learned about those characters actually matter anymore because they, it's all switched around. Mm. And also, you know, everybody says the first season's kind of cool because it's like, uh, what, what's the Alan Moore big story? Watchmen? The Watchmen, yeah. A little bit. I mean, the guy's got nuclear powers and he's a threat, I guess. Yeah. I don't Well, when, when you get to the end, you'll see okay. the Watchmen, the, the uh, the, uh, analogs to the Watchmen. Okay. I, I forget which episode I'm on, but. I'm digging it. I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. Cool. Uh, some other news uh, came out from um, Zach. From here. Tomorrow's your birthday. Yeah, tomorrow is my birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Jono. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. Make sure we set Chris? it on air. It's not your birthday yet. Okay. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> well, actually, when people listen to it, it might be. Yeah. Or it was. But we're not recording it tomorrow. We're recording it now. So it's not your birthday. You gave me my... Well, only because Paul Gay was going to give you yours, and I was like, eh, I'll bring it too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was going to make you wait. Uh, <laughs> so if you hear a sonic screwdriver yeah, I in got the it. background, uh, it's John playing with his new toy. I keep trying not to hit the button. Um, well, then stop playing with it, because as soon as you push it up, it just goes, got it. I want to play with it. Remember, stop. I gave a toy to a kid yesterday and made him open it up so I could play with it? It's true. Firestorm, by uh, the way, from Brightest yep. Day. Firestorm. Um, some other news is Zack Snyder has come out to say that if Superman is successful, he will be then asked to take on Justice League. Hmm. Which, I think it's good that someone like him would take on the Justice League. I think he's a pretty good visionary, he knows how to tell a good story, and he can take care of all the visual stuff that you would need. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, they should just invest in him now. They don't have anybody else. I think he's proved that he can do well, large scope movies with a big cast, with Watchmen, actually. I think what they're saying is, if it doesn't do well, we're not going to put all that money into uh, doing all the effects for Justice League movie. I think if Man of Steel doesn't do well, then there is no Justice League movie coming out. It's This is the argument, though. What is doing well for a Superman movie? Because it's not going to do Batman it needs like to money. Be. We know that for a fact. Like it's just, it's not going to do that much. Even be Batman Begins. It, it needs to do. It needs to do as well as Batman Begins, not adjusted for inflation. I, I really want to see what the budget they, is for. They need Superman to make. Movie. They need to make money. Just money back. Because it's. How do you consider it a success if it breaks even? Is that cool for them? Or are they gonna be like, okay? We can make the rest of the money back when it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, I I think it's tough. I think it's probably going to be one of the more better. Batman Begins opened with under $50 million opening weekend. So it wasn't huge. But uh, it beat over a lifetime, $206 million. Yeah. And it also didn't have all the effects that are in, you know, in Superman. But uh, I think I think that's good. 
I think it's good to have uh, Zack Snyder. I think so. Onto that. Um, I had one more. I had something else. I, uh, I forgot my notebook at home today. Did, did you guys uh, mark your calendars for May 21st? You can jump on your Xbox and watch the announcement for the next Xbox. Oh, yeah. I honestly forgot all about that. Uh, so, yeah, May 21st is going to be the announcement, and it's not going to be at E3. It's going to be its own little thing. Uh, also, Nintendo has pulled out of E3, any kind of press at E3. So, Which they've kind of been able to justify because they've been doing their own smaller Nintendo Direct conferences throughout the year now. I think they said they're going to do like three or four throughout the year just to kind of do stuff as it's happening, not just all in one shot, mm-hmm. because they probably don't have that much to put out there all at once. Seeing as no. the Wii U and the Nintendo we'll 3DS away from you. is not doing so well. But also, uh, it's coming out that you know, uh, the guy got fired that says it's always online, deal with it. Uh, that direct ERM reports are coming out that it might be up to the game publishers whether or not your game will just stop and you won't be able to play if you're not online. So it's, and also there's some functionalities if you're not online that you won't be able to take part of, much like the PlayStation 4, right? Uh, where you can save a video of you doing something awesome and directly uploading it to Facebook. Like, yeah, I won't lose sleep not having that if my yeah my system just doesn't I, jump online. I didn't even know that was a thing, nor did I care about that. Well, there's Here's things the thing. with the Xbox, next Xbox that you know, uh, right as you uh, get an achievement, uh, it'll like show that yeah, you can uh, you can like that like two minutes of up to and then right after you getting that achievement, you could save and then upload. That's what they're kind of rumoring it to that and, functionality being. And there's a whole thing. People are stupid crazy for posting videos of them getting kills and stuff like Call of Duty or Battlefield mm-hmm. online, too. This is just another way of them kind of supporting that mm-hmm. customer and doing what they want to do because people love uploading videos of them yeah. getting headshots. And here's the thing. If you're playing that game, you are going to be on line. line. Yeah. Well, I, I remembered what I was looking up before. Oh. Or what I had forgotten before. What did he forget um, before? That you Joss remember? Whedon teased two new characters that we could possibly see in Avengers 2. Hmm. Can we guess? You, you can guess. <clears throat> he didn't come out and say anything. Uh, there's always been rumors of Scarlet Witch, so I'm going to guess one is Scarlet Witch. Well, there's always rumors of Wasp. He, want, he originally wanted Wasp to be in the Avengers, but they went for Black Widow. Uh, Black Widow. What he said is... He was teasing at a brother and sister duo oh, who could be appearing. And Black, uh, Which Scarlet, Witch. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver did make their debut in Avengers. Mm-hmm. So They were hey, some of the founding number, members of Avengers. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Which did, I think would be cool, especially for Disney and Marvel to grab those characters before Fox does something with them by putting them in X-Men, X-Men First yeah. Class 3 yeah. and making them crummier. That's true because they would but be I, up. That, I, it's uh, such a weird like. Because then Magneto, like, can they mention Magneto? They might be able to get around with just mentioning, you know, our father or something. Yeah, our father, the villain, and like everybody else being like, "Who's the villain? That's and, their father. And and why sorry, does he have white hair like Magneto?" And I'm I'm sorry for supposing that future past might be crummy. 
I'm a little bit more looking forward to it than I was the first X-Men First Class, but I'm not holding on to hope. Remember how we used to think the Fox movies were awesome with X2? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that quick, quickly we were shut up by X3. And also, when we saw how good the movies really could be with the Marvel Studios stuff, yeah. like yeah. Iron Man. Iron Man basically meant us be like, man, all those X-Men movies that we loved could have been so much better. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and you know what could be better? What could be better? Uh, the new Batman Arkham Origins game. And you know what would make that better? By having Rocksteady actually producing it and, or developing it and not this. Yes, that would game. too. You know what else though? What? Kevin Conroy doing the voice of Batman. He's not doing it. He's not doing the voice. Really? Which I, th- I mean, I think all of us agree he's the voice, you, the voice you hear when you yeah. read Batman, or so the vo- just when you are playing a Batman game or <laughs> watching a cartoon. Like, if I'm watching the DC Direct videos and it's not Kevin Conroy as Batman, I feel left. I feel a little who did little the myth, right? Yeah. Who did the voice of Batman in the the Doom one? That was. And, man, I've seen so many of those that I wouldn't know. I can't remember who did it, but it wasn't Kevin Conroy. If it is Doom, I could be thinking of something else. A different one. They do do have different um, voice actors to do do. It wasn't wasn't bad, whichever one I'm thinking Um, about. You know, and um, and, and it depends on the, the way they're... Portraying Batman. Okay, no, that he was in that one. Yeah, Kevin he was Conner. Kevin Conner. Yep. It was another one of the Justice League ones. They had someone else do it, and I was like, not bad. But you kind of like to keep that that guy. Well, yeah, he's fantastic, but I, you'll still he's get him in other things. Like over twenty years. Yeah, he's been Batman longer than anyone else has. And I do like uh, Michael Rosenberg as Flash quite a bit. Rosenbaum. 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 You always call Steve Rosenberg. <laughs> Rosenbaum. R- Rosenberg. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Those, those names really get you, don't they? Yep. It was the, okay, it was the Batman Year One. Uh, ben McKenzie did the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Maybe I, it was going to be a younger Batman. And I guess with, um, I, this being a, you know, Batman in his first year or two in Gotham as Batman, a younger voice would work. He's only 57. You know what I mean? Like, is the voice of his 57-year-old that old? Like, Yeah, but if he's... Uh, yeah. Batman starting out shouldn't sound like that, bat, you know, that Batman voice. He should still be working his way to a Batman voice. I, I, I'm sad by it because I like... Kevin like Conroy Kevin actually but... calls out Christian Bale's Batman voice. He doesn't like it. It's, it's very over the top. You can watch it at C2E2 on YouTube from 2010. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah. It is over the top. He went to Juilliard, guys. Kevin Conroy. If he wanted to sound younger, I bet he could. <laughs> he probably can. Yeah. I, I was kind of... I, I, I wouldn't say miffed, but just kind of... oh. All right. I guess let down, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm okay with it if they have someone decent step in. Even if it's a nobody. As long as they do okay with it. I'm still looking forward to the game. I'm still going to play it. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm ex- well, I'm a little less excited because of the you know Rocksteady not being. Yeah, but they're working on a different Batman game. Oh, so I'll wait for that Batman game. And and they are still using the engine that was built by yeah. Rocksteady. It's not like it's just some other company that's throwing them out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the every other year Call of Duty games. Like, no, it, it doesn't even matter because it's Treyarch. It used to be Treyarch and uh, Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward, yeah, going back and forth. You waited for the real Call of Duty game. See, everyone so has I'll, their everyone has their favorites. But they still they still buy and play all of them. I haven't bought a video game and what was the last video game I actually bought that was new? Well, now that I which call it three, right? Yeah, Mass Effect 3. Now they don't work at GameStop anymore, I'm gonna be, like, a little bit more picky with my games, and Arkham Origins and, I think, Deadpool Mm -hmm. are games I'm gonna be buying this year. Deadpool actually looks a lot more fun now that they're showing off more stuff for it. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be cool, and it's done by High Moon, who did the Transformers games, which I love. Oh, those Transformers games are pretty good. I'm, I'm waiting for Resident Evil 6 to fall in price. Because yeah. that came out this year, or was yeah. it? Was that was uh, last year? October last year. Yep. Uh, Soul Calibur Five. Which Soul Calibur Five. Uh, yeah. I I, I, got I don't need to go back to anymore. Like I got rid of it. SSX is is nineteen dollars, so I might pick that up soon. I have a list of video games. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm reading from. Yeah. Well, let's not have a list of video games. Let's talk about the list of comic books we want. Hey. The one's coming out May first. Not free comic book day. It's not free comic day, which is the fourth. Which we will maybe have a Bagnum board bite special about. I think I think we should. I think that'd yeah. be cool. Like if I'm off on Saturday, not to either preview or review. We're not sure yet. I, We're going to discuss that off, Mike. All right, what are you doing on Saturday? No, let's talk about it on Mike. Who cares? Well, Saturday we got a bachelor party to go to. Yeah, at that's night. at night. <laughs> what are you doing uh, Saturday? I work till five. Okay. Eight, eight Do you want to go to 8.30 to 5? I can meet you yeah, up go there. to Don's, yeah. grab some free comic books. We could go to KFC Taco Bell. Oh, just like old times. I can feel sick again. Yay! I always feel sick after eating my KFC Taco Bell. Mighty Taco, too. But uh, you know what? I don't get the sauce on my burritos. I think that's half the problem. That's half the battle? Sauce on the burritos? Yeah. I get them sand sauce. I don't have a much, uh, much of a problem. Uh, yeah, comic books. Comic books. You know, Hero Sans' little kid that was just running around is always sad. And that's why I'm picking up Animal Man number 20. Uh, because it is the aftermath of Cliff dying. It's, uh, and now, uh, Ellen isn't really talking to, uh, Buddy anymore. So it's not so much the spandex drama, it's the family drama that is going on in Animal Man. Uh, but it's something that I'm interested in reading, and I think Jeff Lemire's been doing a great job. So great that even DC thinks it, and he's going to be handling a bunch of the uh, Trinity War books. You guys no, see that? I did see that. Are you going to be checking those out? Because there's not enough there for me to really jump into the like the side stuff. I'm already buying Justice League and Justice League of America. John gets Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with reading that core series, yeah. but I don't need to read like the Trinity of Sin, like... Oh yeah, like that kind of stuff. But Trinity of Sin, Pandora, like Pandora. Trinity of Sin, Phantom Stranger. And there's a Constantine one too. I think. Oh really? I get Constantine. So Con- well, is that I, I, replacing what Constantine is? Or no, is it I going think to it's like another, another book. I think it's a spinoff book. I like I said, I'm only going to be reading the actual main story, so I haven't paid really 
any attention to anything else. But that's the book I'm picking up. Uh, Jenna, what, what book are you uh, picking I'm up? I'm going over to Vertigo with um, Scott Snyder's Wake with Sean Murphy. Uh, new number one series. Um, marine biologist is forced by Homeland Security to go to the Arctic to research something that they found under an oil rig. It's going to be kind of more on the horror side. And um, I'm a fan of Scott Snyder. I want to check out what he's going to do with this. Wait, wait, are you telling me Scott Snyder's doing a horror book? <laughs> yes. I know. Shock, right? <laughs> right? What? He's really ex- really getting outside of his uh, comfort zone genre there. He's right? stepping out. Well, I'm going to be stepping out the door to the comic book store. That kind of rhymed. Yeah. <laughs> to- like you rhymed it with its own word, <laughs> so that doesn't count. <laughs> Jake the dog would not approve. Oh, that is a rhyme. I said door and comic book store. Oh, okay. So, no. Yeah. No, door, no, you door and store. Okay. Not the same. Not but to pick up... Paul listens to you. To pick up another number one from Aspen, it's Karis Magic number one by Vince Hernandez and Vincenzo Cusa. Um, this is a story. It's the second volume of a book. Uh, follows a stage magician who has saved the world alongside of a druid and his talking cat, Sparkles. Ooh. And now evil... But the incarnation of dark magic has returned to Earth, and it's up to them to fight it off. Mm. Much like I'm going to fight off my thirst with this next beer. And what beer is it, Chris? Right now we've got Ride to Tiger from Three Floyds. Yes, it's another rye beer. Um, and I did say it properly. It's Rye to Tiger. And it's got a dude riding on a tiger that looks kind of like Battle Cat. And it's attacking a Spaniard with a katana. It, it's a very strange, <laughs> strange label. But this is a rye double IPA. Ooh. Yeah, or double rye India pale ale. Ooh. And. Uh, from Three Floyds, one of my favorite breweries. And it's a ride to the face. Is this in celebration of their Dark Lord Day? That went that on just, this weekend? Yeah, just went on this weekend. And we may have a bottle of that. I'm not 100% to say that, but. <laughs> like, this has a great nose on it. It's just like a really nice, sweet. You get that double IPA ness mm-hmm. when you just take a nice big whiff of it. And then you take a drink of it. And you got like, like a sweetness. Yeah. That then turns into that rye. Yeah, I thought the sweetness, but there was a little bit of spice there. It reminded me of a Belgian kind of, and then it was um, all rye finish. It's just like eating rye bread. Yeah. Like, we're drinking it's... this right out of the fridge, and um, I think once it warms up, it'll open up a little bit more on that flavor, too. Mm-hmm. It's it's good, but again, I, I don't think this is one I would want a lot of. It's not like uh, I had the Great Lakes rye of the tiger today. <laughs> Because I, I bought it when Paul and I went to Wegmans the other day, and I had to go to my grandmother's house for dinner. And I asked, I was like, you know, what should I, br- I bring him? And I was just like, yeah, bring some beer. And I was like, okay, I have beer to bring. Chris has to be liquored up to hang out with his grandma. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone's <laughs> drinking a lot. I haven't had that yet, so I'm it's, looking it's forward good. to checking um, out. I've got, I've got three more still, so. Oh, really? And now, oh. a Bagden Boardcast presents a dramatic reading from... Free Comic Book Day, 2013. 12. No, last year. Oh, so 2012. <laughs> <laughs> time, we have time machines going on all the time. I, I forget. 
Mouse Guard by Peter by David Peterson. Page <laughs> something. <laughs> Panel something. I forget how it works. <laughs> You're there mostly. If so, they are certainly too large to be governed by one. That's from 2011, too. <laughs> Last year was the, the, the hardcover book. Oh, you're right. From Do you really time machine? <laughs> oh, you're right. From 2011. <laughs> and this has been a dramatic reading from Pagan Boardcast. Bull always gets it wrong. Mouse Guard th- from Free Comic Book Day 2011. <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, no, that wasn't it, because it had the Fraggle Rock on the back. You know what? If you guys correct me... I could always edit later and fix it, but no, we don't, want, we don't want you to. Now I gotta keep these mistakes in there. This is, this is very much <laughs> as is. Yep. Like most, because you guys know, you guys listen to the show. You know I don't edit. We never Down do. Rock. Boop, boop. Only um, if we've recorded for like two and a half hours do I go back and like actually try to edit because I'm like, this is too big. It's too much here. Too much. But sometimes I stick you with two hour episodes. And sometimes you get stuck with a bunch of comic books that we're going to talk about. Because yep. that's right, it's that time of the month. No balls not on the rag. We're doing another look back. Oh, so I don't need to sit on this? <laughs> you, what? What? I was taking it literally, like I was actually sitting on it. Oh, uh, sit on it. Um, like Paul said at the beginning, we got four books right now. Um, because did anyone else read Private Eye number one? No, I forgot about it. <gasps> Again. It's John? on the no, website. I sent you the text. <sighs> I didn't have time you today. That's Send okay. me the Facebook link. Link on the Facebook. I, I put it up a while ago. Well, whatever. You get, you'll get a bag more by that eventually. But we got four books right now. Oh, we've got... I'm sorry. What? What's the name of that book again? Private Eye. I lost a bet once. I always have to do... I always have to clap after somebody mentions those two words together. Sure. It wasn't us because our bets would invent. Yeah, we'd have to be drinking a tilt. <laughs> yeah, uh, which we have two of them in the fridge. We should be doing tilt nuts right now. Mm. Uh, but we've got Ultron number one from Marvel Comics, Journey number one from Aspen Comics, then Legend of the Shadow Clan also from Aspen Comics, and Polarity from Boom Studios. Uh, where do you guys want to start off today? Top of the pile. Top of the pile. Polarity. What, what, what the top of the pile was before I went through and reversed no, what it? it okay. Is right now. We'll leave them teased with uh, the Marvel book because everybody's waiting for us to discuss Marvel. Yeah, people like us talking about Marvel, and you know what? I like reading Marvel now. <laughs> but all right, top of the pile right here. We've got Polarity number one from Boom Studios, written by Max Bemis, art by Jorge Coelho. Um, this is the story of a bipolar artist named Tim who finds out or thinks he has superpowers that have been inhibited by taking his bipolar medication. Um, he's something of a struggling artist who's kind of on the tail end of his career because things just aren't what they used to well, be no, for him. No, he's on the rise. Everything's going no, since, no. since his drug and since he went into a coma and has come out of it and that story went, came out. Well, he's that came out, rise. but then after that, he's been kind of just stagnant because yeah. he hasn't been able to do anything else. Mm-hmm. But so his career, to me, I'm just gonna, to me, it sounded like somebody was getting all his ducks in a row for him, like getting things, getting him on the medication, and then making everything popular. Like him coming out of the hospital, there's no reason for him to want to go off the medicine. Mm-hmm. 
he's he's finding success right now. He's doing shows. People are loving his work. It's the work that he is now doing, which isn't which it's and that, that's what I was saying. Like you're right, he he's in that he's stagnant right now. He's plateaued. Well, the more, more people are still find, find, finding his old work and still loving it. And no, so they're still liking the like new stuff. He's just not happy with it. So you and can his, say he's he's plateaued. Well, his the work that people are talking about and that is on the rise and getting him into notoriety is his old stuff. Is his old stuff, but more people, his new stuff right isn't doing anything. But his, but more and more people are finding his old stuff and are liking it. So that's <laughs> you just thought everybody's just talking in circles here. You know what I mean, though, Paul? It's okay, Paula. Yeah, his old stuff's really popular. His new stuff, it's just there. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. That's what I said. But he's not, his career isn't stagnant yet because he's still, that old stuff is still lifting him higher. He's still, we're, he's, on, we're on a stupid point. Let's just go on. Yeah. We are yeah. on a stupid point. But yeah, he believes he, he has superpowers. He's, and he's told his stuff's just not what it was. Well, by his, by his kind of crappy girlfriend. Yeah, she's very, very crappy, crappy, Alexis. He, he has a girlfriend that he's with. Just because it's easier not to break up with her. And that's, in this character on his medications, that's what he is. He is the guy that does things that are, that is the easiest, not what is good or anything else. It's just past the least resistance with this guy. And it's kind of crummy and I don't really want to root for him at all. But then. But he, he's, he's not really a hero. Like there's right. nothing to root for in him either. Like you, you can't find something to root for in this character because he's just kind of a schlub. Yeah, because he's he's taking no action. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing to root for because he's not doing anything. Uh, what? Yes. Yeah, and, and but I think really like a lot of what this book is is just a lot of Max Bemis's feelings about his own bipolarness, like what it is, and he really gets you to understand what it is like to be bipolar, you know, what it is to be on this medicine and how you feel. And I, he really got that across. That was, it was really, really interesting. Like I enjoyed reading about his views on that and how he felt when he wasn't on these things. Mm-hmm. Because when you read this, it's written how Max Bemis actually talks and how he writes his lyrics for his band, say anything. And he might not be writing himself in this book. The character's not Max, a struggling musician who finds notoriety with like the hipster scene. But man, does he but, hate the hipster? But it's, it's, he does, and Max Bemis does. Like, it's very much autobiographical without being like, mm-hmm. and here's what I did next, and then this happened. It's, it's, it's very well written. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting character. It's a character that it's hard to, Get behind and root. I, you know, the only rooting interest is that I do want him to end up with Lily or, right? Lily? Yeah, Lily. The, it, Lily's like the Asian girl. Right. Who, for whatever reason, I'm like, that's like how I met your mother, Lily. Like, you know, <laughs> no, it's kind of okay. somewhat gothy kind of looking girl versus Alexis, who's just kind of trashy. Yeah, she's blonde. very trashy. Um, I don't know about like rooting for him, but I, I feel for this guy. Yeah. I, I really, I understand, I can understand what he's going through and how he feels. And I'm actually interested to see how this 
progresses with with this book. It really it really caught me, uh, and I really did like the art in it. Yeah, uh, art Jorge Coelho. I thought he did a good job. Uh, yeah, it's characters. They're cartoony, but they're not over their top. You know, you, you can easily distinguish them between each other. You know what's happening. Um, they they're expressive. And when weird stuff happens, he's able to express that weird kind of tripping out kind of phases. He he does that kind of over the top. Yeah. Well. And does it well. And honestly, it took me to half of the book when he actually goes off the medications for me to be like, now I'm really interested. The first couple pages where you're introduced to the characters mm-hmm. and they're sitting around the gallery. they I was just as bored as he was. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's how it's supposed to be, actually, mm-hmm. because... He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't like the people that are there to, mm-hmm. quote unquote, appreciate his art. But I don't want to read about somebody complaining about other people, though, either. You know what I mean? Like a teardown. Yeah, like, but you're getting. I, now I'm doing a teardown about a teardown of something. Yeah, but, but you're that, getting behind the character. Yeah, that's where that's, he's coming. That's from. his world. That's mm-hmm. how that's, he he feels. I mean, that's a, a character development point, right? You know? And like said at the beginning. He finds out or believes he has superpowers, and there's someone following him and mm-hmm. tracking his movements while eating soggy Reuben sandwiches. And he loves them Reuben sandwiches. They're not uh, just a sandwich. And he's on the phone with what looks like his, his psychiatrist. Ther- his, yeah, his therapist. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I'm really interested to see where this goes, because it does look like he might have... Superpowers. And and I think that's kind of the fun of this miniseries. It's going to be mm-hmm. four issues. This obviously the first part. Does he have superpowers, or is, is he bipolar and he's off his medication, so he thinks he has superpowers, or is it just like that fake out where he does have superpowers, but he only thinks he does, he, and while people are telling him he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's, it's a cool premise mm-hmm. for a book. It's like the Truman Show meets special. What's special? Isn't that the one? That where... was the one where the guy thought he took a like he took pills to become a superhero. It was with um oh what's that guy's name? It British. sounds it He's sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember. Oh, it. It's wait. a British show or a British movie though. No, it was an independent movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so it was low budget. So I immediately think British. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, well, John's looking that up. So, polarity number two, would you read it? or I, I would want to see the... Uh, it's only four issues, and I'm like, oh, for four issues, I could be in. Michael Rappaport. Oh! Yeah, okay, now yeah. I remember it. And he's, just, he's like always just... He gets beat up. Yeah, that was, that was actually cool. I, I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I think we did a... Yeah, we, we did fix. it on Movie Fix. Oh, Paul actually watched something from Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix. I could watch it. Is it? Mm-hmm. Nice. It's too cute. Oh, he didn't yeah. watch it. He didn't watch it for the. I'm pretty sure uh, I did. Because because why would I remember? After. All right. Uh, next up from Aspen Comics, as part of their ten for ten, we've got Legend of the Shadow Clan number one. And last month I was actually wrong with mm-hmm. Shrug number one. This was the first issue for their 10 for 10. Okay. I just was not aware of it when they first solicited it because, unfortunately, I don't pay attention to the Aspen solicitations when I go through the previews. I glance at the page quick, flip it over, glance at the page, flip it over. 
Because yeah. um, so if you stay too long on any of those pages, they might get sticky. I understand, Chris. <laughs> it's okay. No secrets here. No, the, Safe space. And here's the thing. I appreciate that Aspen's out there because they do stuff that's different. More so than I think any other company that's out there. And Legend of the Shadow Clan is a modern-day ninja story. Um, written by David Wool with Brad Foxhaven, art by Corey Smith. And it's a story of oh, what's a family, uh, the Himuras. I'm blanking on the dad's first name. But uh, I just completely lost my train of thought. John, save me. Uh, it's about a family, just a normal family, mm-hmm. uh, son, daughter, and, an, and a son. Uh, ages and that and that. Well, there's group. two two sons, yeah, one two daughter, sons, a daughter, and then mom and dad. Mom and, and dad. Mom and dad. Yeah, but son, daughter, son. Okay, That's sorry. What I said, and there were ages go in that order. Okay, like older to youngest. Okay, whisper because that's always R- good on a podcast. Richard Richard Himura. I had to look up his first um, name. But yeah, I, I mean, the book starts out with somebody just talking about what that there are still modern day ninjas. They're not working for a shogun. Or a king, but now they're out for hire for CEOs and for companies. Mm, they work for corporations. They're literally mm. corporate assassins. They break in to buildings. They take out. Take the what you want. Steal what you need. Always get the job done. Um, and that's what the first part of this book is about. And then all of a sudden, it shifts. It just stops, and it goes to a kid in high school who has some. Like acrobatic ability. acrobatic yeah. skills. Um, who knows how to throw a coin to get somebody to turn and look the other way when he's trying to walk by him or jump off a <laughs> building to get around him. And it just seems to be... In parkour! Mar- yeah, he has parkour ability without without you ever... Ex- because they, he, they talk about this guy as if he never tried in his life. Yeah. You know, so I doubt that he's been training to do it. And that's what they're trying to get at is like, yeah. I, I think in that scene is, um, wow, how can he do all this? But then you, you go back home, father's making dinner cause he got home early. Then he has to go back for, uh, go back to work he to, goes back to, to work. fix a word in the project that's due tomorrow. And the, the company is for cybersecurity. And as a result, you can't take your work home with you. Everything mm-hmm. is on their servers back at the office. So he has to go in late night to do work and and that's when the proverbial shit goes down do you know how you hack those companies how by uh, near valentine's day what you do is you have a special delivery to like the like office assistant with a teddy bear that has a usb plug uh and you say oh if you plug in your teddy bear uh, into your computer you'll get a the message of who sent it to you you know, so the secretary plugs in their USB port, plugs it into the USB port, and what it does is actually connects. Mm. It gives you a wireless connection. It hooks connection. you into their, yeah, their intranet kind uh-huh. of. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That was not in the comic book. Not in the comic that, book. That was not. Instead, what? you have ninjas bursting through windows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not, not corporate assassins that just, you know, go, or day traders that just sell your company short online, but actual, actual assassins. Actual yeah. assassins. Not just selling your stock. And, um, and as the, as the father's there doing this, um, he stops checking on a friend and interrupts. They just killed the guy. They're stealing the information. And then one of the ninjas notices that he is in the room. And 
there's a fight to the death, and the father kills the guy, puts him out the puts him out the window, and that's where it says to be continued. And you're kind of like, well, this where is this book gonna go? And then it's the sketches that are on the back page yeah. where it's all the family done up as ninjas. Where I'm like, wait a minute, so. They're the ninjas. They're they're the Shadow Clan, mm-hmm. which we don't we don't know anything about. But I'm guessing from the title legend of the Shadow Clan is there's a secret fraternity or something of counter ninjas, maybe. They, they seem, but the father, like all the word balloons, seem like he is just reacting. That yeah, he is not in control of himself. It's it's almost instinct at, mm-hmm. with everything that he's doing. Because even in our work, he he looks surprised. Yeah, he like when he. He, the, when he's attacked with the knife and he brings it around and stabs the knife into the guy's head, mm-hmm. like he looks like just really. Oh he's gosh, what did I just do? And I don't think he puts him out the window. I think the guy kind of just yeah, he just falls, yeah, stumbles kind of out, and, and then out. he's grabbed by like one of their drones. Uh-huh. Um, this is something I was just browsing around online for what other books were going to be a part of the ten for ten deal, mm-hmm. and I saw that I actually missed the first one, so I was like. Well, Aspen has it on their website. It's still only a dollar. I paid more for the shipping on the book than I did for the actual comic itself. And I'm glad that I went on to get this one because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really liked it too. I fucking love ninjas. And here's, and in the back of each one of these, we haven't mentioned this yet, there's kind of some words from the writer about, about the book. And there's some concept artwork from the artist to kind of tease what's coming up. And the writer, David Wall, Wolf, it's up in the top, like somewhere over here. John's yes, got the issue. Yes. What's You're right. I, I said like three names. David Wall. David Wall. He just goes off in the back, like how when he was a kid, he fucking loved ninjas. <laughs> and it wasn't until he saw Blade 2, he was like, how awesome would ninjas be around today? And <laughs> And that's where <laughs> this book came from. And I'm so glad it was just that small little spark of... Man, ninjas are badass. I want to see ninjas today that we got this book. This is actually something that I'm going to try to see if I can get number two at the shop. If not, I'm going to go on to Aspen's website and I would, pick it up. I would want to read number two. Like, I, I'm, yeah, like, yeah, I want to see where this goes. And just a lot of it just from that concept art. Like, there's this one, like, everybody's dressed kind of like his ninjas. And then the smallest son has got a hockey stick and a mask on with the big gloves. And I'm like, I want that kid to beat the shit out of somebody like that. <laughs> Paul, I love hockey. So, yes. <laughs> but do you no. love ninjas? Is That's um, the real question with this book. I love family drama, and that's what will hook it for uh, me. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's... A family of ninjas that are being attacked by other ninjas. Like with that first the page. family doesn't know that they're ninjas, so it's like crazy. So I would love it. But it's it's one of those things, like, is the mom going to be able to defend herself? Will she also have this uncanny ability? Or She's got, like, the cool chain blade thing, so I think so. So I, Okay, okay. So I'm even more <laughs> in, because I didn't want there to be any damsels in distress in this family. I want them all yeah, to be able to take care of themselves. <laughs> so, um, and, yeah, I'm and in. Here, here's the thing. I mean, we've got another Aspen book to talk about mm-hmm. next. We've got yeah, like that one. six, seven more coming out to look over the next couple months. But 
I'm glad that they're doing this. It's their 10th anniversary. It's a reason to do something special. They're an indie publisher that does get decently named creators. I mean, they were started by Michael Turner. Right? You have an artist that says, like, hey, I want to start a comic book company with my friends. Let's put out some cool stuff. Yeah. They never seem to get their legs underneath themselves in order to become one of the big marquee uh, publishers, but that might be a lack of feet. And yeah, that's right. That was a long way to go for him. Like, Turner doesn't draw feet. The, Art didn't draw feet. God rest his soul. But you know what? They, I think they're okay with what they do because... They've been around for 10 years. They've been around for 10 years doing their own thing. Like... It, Books about ninjas and Every time dragon I, ladies. Like, see, no, normally when I th- this is my first real introduction to Aspen. Uh, every time else I've thought about Aspen, I thought of girls in swimsuits. Yeah, yeah, like popping out of water constantly. And I'm like, what is the comic book about, though? Have no idea. And I think but, that's honestly catering to their fans because Phantom, he, right? Is that it? It's a, yeah, uh, Fathom. I, Fathom. Fathom. Yeah. Like that's that's the cover image of the girl like coming out of the water with hair. You know, and it's like, okay, it's cheesecakey art. I don't feel comfortable with just buying something that's cheesecakey art unless I knew there was a good story behind it. And here, here's the thing. I've never really delved into anything from them besides Shrugged when I read that like five years ago. This is like the most Aspen stuff I've bought in forever. And it's because they're doing that. Hey, we've got 10 issues coming out, 10 months, a dollar each. And I mean that's really smart. That really is smart on their on their front because it does get you. Like I wouldn't mind looking into some other things. Like there's probably lots of stuff that I'd be interested in that Aspen's put out that I never knew. Yeah, and I don't go into the comic book store, you know, month to month, week to week, year to year, looking for books about ninjas. But hey, I picked one up because yeah, it's a dollar. I miss it. Yeah, it's only a dollar. I, I want to track down number two now. I'm assuming it probably came out and already. What what's I don't know if this was just a, one of the variant covers or something, but you look at this cover. It says Legend of the Shadow Clan, really small, and it's a kind of a goth looking girl with an anarchy t shirt and a bow staff. And I was kind of like, and I I just had read the preview, the book that we're going to review next, and I was kind of like, oh, and I, after like the first two panels, I'm like. Oh man, this makes me think of Tenchu, the stealth assassin. I yeah. love that game. And then the whole time I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, where is this gonna go? Well, actually, what this, they have like three different covers for each issue. And again, that's what Aspen is. They don't put out a lot of books, but they put out a couple of each issue with, here's your main cover, here's this variant by this artist, this variant by this artist. What I've been doing is I've been ordering the special reserve editions because it's their standalone special issue. And then the stores that get those issues, if they get a sale of each 10, they're going to send them a special limited edition poster to give the customers that have been ordering all 10 of them, which I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And it's actually, the poster is kind of like a longer fold out with each cover on it, like in one. Oh, that's kind of cool. So yeah, I thought it was cool. Which, Brings us to... I was looking up Tenchu, Stealth Assassin. Tenchu is awesome. It was for PlayStation. I was like, yeah. I wonder yeah. what it's for. I, I only ever played that first one. I don't have I a PlayStation. Too. I've never owned a PlayStation. It, 
I don't want to say it was worth it for Tenchu, but Tenchu was an awesome game. It was really good. Um, but next up is also from Asmic Comics. This is Journey Number One, written by J.T. Kroll with art by Paolo Pantalena. Okay, this is the second of the uh, Aspen books that I read, and I I feel kind of that same kind of like going into it malaise of like, ooh, I just got out of reading a book, and this one never grabbed me. Okay, I, I you know it's dealing with uh, genies. It, it's the it, gene. it's definitely uh, steeped in. Arabic mythology. Yeah. This is one that made me think that I was missing something. Yeah. Um, like with Shrugged 2, um, it was following the run of Shrugged 1. And I, as right when I began reading this, actually it was a few pages in, I was like, I think this might have happened before. Nope. Just, it's, it's just on its own. This is, this is a brand new series. And I think that's where this stumbles a little bit because it's a brand new series, but it's not accessible. Right. I learned more about the book by reading J.T. Kroll's notes in the back than I did actually reading the issue. Mm-hmm. This I probably would like reading all together, like in just a condensed version of the the, the story arc. Mm-hmm. I would probably go, oh yeah, this is really good. I. Everything was answered, or I, I, I understand it all, but just on its own, when you get to the last page, you're kind of like, I, I guess this happened. So this crazy cat warrior princess is off to save is and she find a her. cat? She, well, she's something. She's, she's purple. She's purple. Well, she, she's not always purple. Right, her right. Name's, her name's Era or Ara, mm-hmm. and she taps into some sort of special abilities that yeah. give her Super Special awesome abilities. attack powers. And uh, she's off I to... I think her father's a genie. That's why. To find her mother who has been captured by an evil... Evil king. King. Something. And she accidentally or saves a girl from... And they're going to be uh, companions and buddies, just like Xena, the and, warrior princess, and, and uh, that blonde chick. Gabriel, right? Yeah. Gabrielle. Gabrielle, yeah. Um... This is definitely a lot more fantasy-based than the other two Aspen books we've read so far. Mm-hmm. And, again, when you read the writer notes in the back, this is J.G. Kroll's love letter to everything that he loves about fantasy, and he decided to steep it in that mm-hmm. Arabian mythology. And I, I think that comes across more so in the artwork than it does in the actual story. Yeah. Because just... Like, the way the characters are drawn and the color palette actually reminds me of World of Warcraft. John, I know you haven't really played it, but Paul, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, do, you, do you kind of see that yeah, ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the really broad shoulders and then the real uh, of the all the guys and then the real, like, sleekness of all the female characters is very World of Warcraftian. And I, I, I enjoyed it for a dollar yeah, book dollar. that I, I picked up to, to read. Dollar, it's worth it. Now, if they're going to charge me two ninety nine for the second issue, I say, Chris, don't do it. Man. And that's the thing, don't I'd, do it, man. I'm interested in seeing. They're going to charge you another dollar. Don't do it, man. I'm, see, if it was a dollar for number two, if I'd it go was for a dollar for number two, even, I would. Even if I, it was two dollars, I, 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 I think I would go for it because I do. I like. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. And I kind of want to see where it goes. Like, I, it's what there's only like three issues, right? 
I I honestly I'm not sure how this is going. This could be a new ongoing. Mm-hmm. It could be See, if it was something that would wrap up and then I could get like, "Oh, it, now it's going to become an ongoing." I probably could read those 3 and then And that that's the thing with Aspen though. They kind of do that. They have a series come out and it might only be 6 issues or 5 issues or 8 issues. And then it wraps up. But then down the road they do a sequel series to it. Yeah. I, I kind of want to see where it goes, but not enough to spend if, $3, yeah. $4 for it. Yeah. I, if, if I would want to take the 10 minutes to read the second one. Like, really? Even if you passed it off, I'd be like, no, Chris, it's okay. I'm just not interested. I'm just not interested. Like it was, I slugged to get through to the end. I think once it gets its like bearings, once it gets, mm-hmm. you know, running, it could be pretty cool. Like, I want to see more of this fantasy world. I don't read a lot of fantasy stuff. I love fantasy. I feel like I probably should. I don't even read... Like, but, I love the first Conan the Barbarian issues with, you know, well, because Brian, Brian Wood. Brian Wood and uh, yeah. Jessica Rabbit. What's her name? <laughs> Jessica Rabbit? Yeah, that was the first name that jumped into yeah, my head. Becky Cloonan. I knew it wasn't Jessica Rabbit. I just want to say and that. And the thing is... like. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's a great creative team. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Conan. I never have been. I liked the cartoon because it was weird with lizard people and meteorites. Meteorites had shown the lizard that yeah. made you sh- see the. But I, I've never cared themselves. about the comic book. Right, and also, and that's the thing. Like that genre for me, if it isn't Brian Wood and Becky Cloonan, I don't care. And J.T. Kroll is that one writer that was going to have this big uh, rise at DC. And I just couldn't get behind. Like, I tried Team Titans. I tried his rise and fall of Green Arrow and Red Arrow or an Arsenal. Yeah. And it, he never wrote a book that made me really support that he was that next big thing. Yeah. And now in the new DCU, he's nowhere. Yeah. And in the Sassbud book, again, his writing isn't enough to ever make me love it. And the well, thing- wasn't he doing? He was doing Green Arrow, wasn't? Yeah, he, he started off yeah. on I think Green Arrow. Yeah. He was doing. And that was. Was it? Oh, what was yeah, Blackhawks? Yeah, Did he do that, or was that someone else? No, that was somebody else. Let me see No, Blackhawks was different because it was the creative team behind uh, the GI Joe run uh, that okay. got a lot of critic critical uh, acclaim. Um, over at. What is it? Who does IDW. IDW. Or, or is it? De- it might be Devil's Due. It, I think it started at Devil's Due's, and now okay. I think it's IDW. Yeah, because they do all this the crossovers with Transformers and shit now. Yeah. But I tried not to read, you know, the name, and then I saw it was JT Kroll, and I'm like, oh, that might be one of the reasons I'm not enjoying. And this I, book. I think this does read. It is something that he likes. I think that does come through in the writing because it does seem like he did plan it out and it, it seems like he's ideas. got an epic in mind and you're just it's sitting down to watch an epic of a movie and you're only you only got to watch the first 5 minutes. Yeah. You know? And I think um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And yeah, it's like the tourists just sat down to eat dinner. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the thing the thing is is like, well, I guess if I stayed I could see you know, if I'm going to like this, but I could walk away and I could be totally fine with not. And I, I think that's what you have here. And I I kind of want to stick around 
to see maybe where it goes. But even if it's finding it for the trade for four ninety nine somewhere, or yeah. oh fifty percent off, like oh I can fifty percent off of my comic book shop today. Oh, here's this book. I remember reading the first issue. And I, I'll say this. I enjoyed this one a little bit more than Shrug number one mm-hmm. because Shrug just – it wasn't what it used to be for me. So I was a little let down and well, kind of hurt by Shrug that. Shrug was filling you in on what you missed with the first yeah. series. Yeah. It was all, yeah. Filling. And I'll, honestly, the artwork hurt a lot. Like the original artwork by Michael Gunnell was fantastic and fun. Let's talk about a fantastic and fun book, and that's so we with want to do Ultron. that last beer. Fine, you lush, John. Let's start with the beer before we go into our last book. Uh, this is a beer I've been dying to have again, and this is uh, our friends over at Left Hand Brewer Breweries Milk Stout Nitro. We've whoa, had them. We buy their beer. They've never given us beer. They're not friends of the yeah. podcast. No, yeah. They're, not, they're, they're friends not of mine friends. because they make this beer, and I always want to drink it. Yeah, but not friends of the podcast. And so they send us beer for free. They are not friends well, of the podcast. I never said they were friends of the podcast. Said friends of ours. Yeah. Our our friends over. Yeah, they're not our friends. Yeah. They're my friends because they make this beer. It's delicious. Say, my friends. My friends over there. There you go. They we make the milk stout nitro. This definition of who our friends are. It has been mentioned a, a cornucopia amount of times, a plentiful amount of times on the podcast of how you become friends of the podcast. Let's not just start giving it away for free. <laughs> so anyways, this is their Milk Stout Nitro. Um, we've had their Milk Stout before. This is meant to, uh, it doesn't have like the nitro in it like a Guinness. Um, you take it, you have an aggressive pour where you just dump it out into your glass. You get a nice creamy head on it. Mm-hmm. Nice smokiness to it. All cream, all smooth, a little sweet. All good with this milk stout nitro. Like there's, like even the the 2x milk stout doesn't quite compare to this because it's never as smooth. Is and it's creamy? Yeah. It just the mouthfeel alone is smooth and creamy, and it's with that sweetness and then that smoky. My my father-in-law would love this, but he will never get a bottle of this because I cannot. I don't love him as much as I love myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? It's like one of those things. Like, there is um, two more bottles down there. Don't tell me this. Uh, one for you, one for Chris, because I had hey, my second bottle already. We'll share those. Thank you, John. I do appreciate you. I bought, I appreciate I it. Thank you. I bought them. I and you're my friend now. On my, <laughs> on my beer trip, on my beer trip, I bought beer for us and. I couldn't wait. This is one of the first ones I had. I think this this was the first beer that I had from my trip by myself, and I loved every minute of it. Um, and six percent alcohol. You you don't get that. You no, wouldn't. It's so wouldn't know smooth. That. It just falls on the back of your throat. And that I mean, just which that, I'm okay that, with. That head is just so creamy. I like it a lot. Now let's talk. About I'm gonna this I'm book. gonna drink some more. Now we'll talk about Ultron, written by Catherine Inneman and art by Amilcar um, Pina. Pina? I don't know. I didn't read it. 
Like, you didn't read the names of them. But, um, <laughs> this follows the runaway created character of the son of Ultron, who is named, uh, Victor Macho. Victor Macho, which is, I think, Macho, like, Man of La Mancha? I don't even know. He, he has that, like, Latino look to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he does have a human mother, but Ultron is his father. And yes, he's a cyborg. And then it's taking uh, place in the Age of Ultron, where the heroes have all the world has already fallen to the Ultron robots, <sighs> and uh, the, the humans are now living like they're, they're living in occupied lands now. And he's running around Los Angeles, living in the old Runaways hideout, uh, yeah. trying to find survivors. He's he's back in the mansion, which he never actually went to. Mm-hmm. In Runaways, because he came on after they had left that, and they were already on the run. They were in New York City at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that I really enjoyed this book so much, because it's told in an alternate universe, and it's a story that ultimately doesn't matter. Because he's he is left alone. Mm-hmm. The rest of the Runaways are now gone. They no longer exist. They're dead. Whatever happened... Because I haven't read any of Age of Ultron, they're not there, and he is Ultron's son, but he's keeping people safe. Like he finds kids surviving out in the world, and he brings them back to where they can be safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kids that he finds eerily rem- a little bit reminiscent of oh. you know the runaway characters, but you know, you know. But it's good. It, John, you haven't read too much. Runaways. I never read any runaways. Okay. So this was kind of this was your first foray. This, to this it. was it was an enjoyable book, but it definitely unlike um, the Young Avengers, yeah, where you could kind of hop into that and kind of have an idea of what's not even really what's going on. It if this was the beginning of a new Runaways book, I wouldn't want to read number two. Right. Young Avengers, I wanted to read number two. I wanted to read number three. Um, it is a good book. It kind of le- le- leaves on a cliffhanger um, for being a one-shot. But, um, like, it didn't grab me. It's a good book, but I didn't really care. I didn't know who he, who this character was. Even really what's going on in Age of Ultron, because I only <sighs> read the... Did we even read the one? We read the first I, issue. No, I didn't read it. I think that was just something Paul picked up and Paul read it. Yeah, I've I've Didn't read we, up to it, uh, book six. I think we read the first one for a look back. No, we didn't actually. Um, did we read it? We might have read it for a look back, but it, I think we read it for a look back. Basically, book one of Age of Ultron jumps you right in where Hawkeye is. Oh, that's right, we did. Spider-Man yeah. Okay. In this Age of Ultron, like weird compound and comes back. Yeah, uh, yeah, I forgot. And that's we did. all that happens in it. And you're kind of like, oh, I thought. Ultron was going to be rising and the Avengers were going to fight him. No, yeah. this is, it starts with the it's, fall has already happened. And I don't like that because they are doing like spinoff books in the pages of other stuff like Wolverine and the X-Men. This Ultron book featuring a character from Runaways, Superior Spider-Man. And, and you've been bitching about that Superior Spider-Man for a while. It, uh, I, I don't, I don't like that they did this. And when I ordered Ultron number one, I was like, oh, yeah, Runaways, cool, because I fucking love me some Runaways. 
And I did kind of have that feeling when I was reading this, and it's very well done. And Catherine Eminen is great with these characters. If they bring back Runaways ever as an ongoing or limited or miniseries, I hope she's a part of it somehow. And I'm sorry you didn't enjoy this more, John, because like, this I, isn't... I liked it, but I would have liked to have known more. Because this isn't Runaways. It's, it's my favorite of the tie-in Runaways books, though. This is my favorite of the Age of Ultron books. Because it, that's very much... It's a good story about Victor. That's very much who he is. And he is out there trying to do good in spite of who he is and what he was created to do. But that's, that is what Runaways was all about. Again, that is what Runaways is, but you yeah. don't have that team dynamic. Mm-hmm. And those just different characters. Yeah. You have that's one that's kind of looking back at something that doesn't exist anymore in a world that doesn't exist. There are characters in Runaways that I wish were more, uh, showcased in the Marvel universe nowadays, you know, yeah. I, I wish that Molly was in Wolverine in the X-Men. Yeah. That would be cool. You know, Nico's I, appearing in Avengers Academy, yeah. but I picked up the first issue on the shelf and I flipped through and I was like, there's not enough here mm-hmm. to make me want to read it. If she was a central character, I'd probably want to read it. Darkhawk was in it. He was in Runaways and the spinoff book loners. Mm-hmm. I bought that. I enjoyed it, but it was so like, bit part in that yeah. cast. I was like, I can't, I can't put money Just towards this for like two, three panels in a book of characters that I like. I'm, I'm glad I picked this one up. I enjoyed it. It was mm-hmm. good dipping my toe back into that world, even if it's a story that didn't matter. It's still better than the crossover that they did for Civil War. You just hated it. It wasn't that bad. It was really bad. I do have to say the art. I really like the art in it. I yeah. Can I see the cover? Who did the art? Anil Carpina. Yeah, it, it's very evocative of what Runaways was when mm-hmm. Adrian Alfona was doing it. It's that almost realistic style, but still cartoony enough where the noses aren't completely drawn. There's not a lot of lines. There's no hash marking. It's, it's very clean, yeah. which I like. Very expressive. Each character looks different. Mm-hmm. I, and I say that not knowing who the characters are because you're given names, but they she don't really. She has a mole on her cheek. Exactly. She's like, blonde. They, they don't yeah. matter because mm-hmm. they're just, he they're humans. Wear that a hat. They're humans he's saved, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they find out that he's a cyborg and he's still there to protect them and keep them safe. Mm-hmm. In, in a world that hates and fears him. <laughs> I, I, I like this more than I did any of the other spinoffs, more than I liked Age of Ultron number one, because I didn't even remember reading that until you started talking about Hawkeye, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then was, she, she Hulk looked like Luke Cage. Like, it was not a good book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, you know what? We did have some other good books this past month, and if you had anything that you liked, let us know. Yeah, uh, contact at beggedboardcast.com, or you could just hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us at Begged and Board. Yep, easy enough. That's, that's how you find us on everything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And you know what I really love, though? When you rate and review us on iTunes. I have to say, it's my favorite thing that I've ever gotten ever on the Internet. 
Is it rating in ever? Review? Yeah. On the internet? Like, purely internet-based? I, I bought a Ninja comic book for a dollar. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, think of all the great stuff. No, no. You, you bought a comic book and you got the comic book. I'm talking about something that is completely internet-based. Like, I'm talking about, like... No, he bought it on the internet. <laughs> right. I, I bought... But it Brian is, K. Vaughn and Marcus Martin's Private Eye number one, all digital on the internet. Okay, so that would count. I'm saying something that solely exists on the internet. Almost Didn't you like, buy the the board here on the internet? <laughs> but this exists outside of the internet. But it was on the internet. I bought it on the internet. You went on the internet it, to buy it. But it doesn't exist. These solely. microphones too, right? Right. But the, these are real world. Yeah, but this exists outside of the saying. internet. I'm so saying I got all, what he was saying, but okay. I thought but we you were wanted to be out everything. Okay, no. fine. Oh, I started, and then fine. Paul made his argument, and I was like, okay, but I bought this comic book all digital. And then I'm like, I will succeed that. That's the only way you can get it, and that's the only way we're ever going to review it, is if these two clowns read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You oh. always remind us, like, like, the day before. I put it up on the Bagged and Born Facebook, like, and we're going to read this, and then I sent you guys a message, like, and don't forget to get this. And I, we talked about it the other day. You know we're not. Great at remembering things. Well, I'm not great at rating and reviewing us then. <laughs> Too bad you've already done it. <laughs> Until next week, rate and review us. That's all we're saying. On the internet. And drink left hand. Yes. It's so smooth. If you want to be our friend, send us beer. <laughs>